Hello there, this is John Ken from Get English Tips and welcome along to this new podcast. Today's podcast is with English teacher Stu Sensei. Now if you know Sensei, this is a Japanese word for teacher and Stuart actually lives in Japan and we connected through Instagram and he kindly invited me on to his Instagram live show We had a really, really good chat, and it was the first time that I'd actually spoken to Stu, and communicated a few times, um, commenting, etc., and sending messages, but this was the first time we actually spoke, and we went through Stu and his history of teaching English, and how he ended up in Japan, and the differences between American and British English, lots of great tips that he provides on his page, and also to the students that he teaches out in Japan. So we had a really good chat, and I really, really hope that you enjoy this new podcast. And uh, I'll put in the program notes, I'll put Stuart's um, Instagram page and also my Instagram page. If you want to follow Stuart, it'd be lovely to hear from you. And I'll see you at the end of this podcast. Bye for now. Hello again. Mm. So, apologies about the issue. I managed to get online. Now the next case is just trying to get the live started. Here we go. Right. Yes. I changed to my uh, my phone's internet, so fingers crossed this one works. It's been a long time, it feels. Hello, Hello, mate. How are you? Hi, buddy. It's, uh, <clears throat> didn't seem to work out a couple of times there, but yeah. I'm yeah, no worries. I've, I've just got these new pods and I, they failed at the last moment. So uh, I was in a bit of a panic there, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. <clears throat> How's things? Yeah, fantastic. Cheers. How's home? Yeah, it's cold. It's fantastic. <laughs> so it really. Nothing's changed then, yeah? <laughs> no. You know something? I was out in... I was out the last two days working with my dad outside mm. and I came back last night and I, I got back about 6, 6 p.m. and immediately I just fell asleep mm. because I'd not had so much fresh air for about 10 years, you know, because I've not, you know, I've not been in Scotland for that length of time, you know, because mm. in Bangkok you're usually indoors all the time because it's yeah. so hot, you know, you know, so great to get fresh air, you know. Yeah, proper fresh air as well because I'm sure you're near the... Bangkok's like the capital, isn't it? So um, imagine yeah. where you are, even though the capital, uh, even, even, even if you're in the capital, it's not the capital of like London, you know, where it's like a lot of smog in, in Scotland. Even the capital is quite small, isn't it? So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in Bangkok, there's 10 million people, um, <laughs> you know, and in Scotland, there's 5 million all over Scotland, you know, mm. so it's really condensed and compact you know a bit, a bit like tokyo i imagine in japan you know yeah yeah to tokyo is a bit crazy but yeah for sure <laughs> that's great fantastic yeah uh, so i'm sure so, everyone mm. here knows you but could you give a little introduction right. to be sure <laughs> okay hello everyone hello my name's ken and i'm a i'm an english teacher i've been a an english teacher for about <clears throat> more than 10 years and uh I've been all around the world, and for the last 10 years, I've spent in Bangkok, Thailand. And I've been teaching university graduates 
to work for the airlines, uh, you know, for the airlines around the world. So I've been teaching them to get jobs, helping them to get jobs, um, you know, with, with the airlines around the world. I've been doing that for about seven years, I think, six, seven years now. Wow. So, so before that, I went to Spain, Portugal, Italy, Bulgaria. I worked all around Europe, you know, for, uh, for about five, six years before then. So, Fantastic. Um, so you're currently, are you on holiday or have you moved back? Holiday, yeah? No, I'm, I just uh, came back, had to deal with a couple of things in Scotland. So uh, I came back for a few months. I'll stay here till, till after, after New Year. I think oh, that's and, nice, nice uh, time to come back though, isn't it? Because it's Christmas. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've not spent this much time at home for goodness for a long time, you know. Mm. And so what do you think? What mm -hmm. do you think uh, the difference is between uh, Thailand's Christmas compared to Scotland's Christmas? Well, you know, um, I remember the first Christmas I had in Bangkok, mm. and it's obviously the first time I was there. Um, I think it was about 35 degrees, you know, and they've got these Christmas decorations up in the, all the shopping centres and, uh, you know, the fake snow and Santa Claus and uh, reindeers. And I thought it just doesn't, it felt a bit weird, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but they, the, the longer I've been there, the more they're getting into it, you know, but it's just, yeah, yeah. It's just very, very different. What's it like? What's it like where you are for Christmas? Uh, it's very commercialised, you know, but it's fine. Do, do you know what? There's some stupid small things that I miss. Like, uh, I kind of miss going to like a certain street uh, wherever I've been. There's always this one. There's always one street somewhere where every uh -huh. house is illuminated, you know. And I, I kind of miss that doing that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, when because yeah. here there's none of that, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's some small, small things like that, like uh, and to be able to actually cook a turkey, because here they don't have. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, my my mum and dad came to visit me about two years ago now, and they brought over a Christmas tree, all the decorations, all the lights. So we we had all the lights kind of shining all over the house in the state, you know, all the Christmas lights and everything. So it was quite it was quite cool. We, we, yeah, we, we liked it, you know. <laughs> but it's good we were sitting in the garden at like 1am and stuff something we would never do back in Scotland you know yeah yeah of course uh, he, so it's good fun here it's mm -hmm. like there's no for New Year's there's no like uh, not like an event you know that, that evening where you're going to do something together I remember it as like a family kind of thing but um, yeah there's no kind of event here where you can do something with your family usually you just watch the tv until it gets the time and then you go to bed oh um, really but like the biggest meal uh during christmas here like the really the biggest commercial meal is kfc oh, really that's a big <laughs> thing here like it's they have it they they cook a whole turkey here because obviously you can't do it at home yeah it's such a small space and um it's it's like the big things always sold out a day or two before. So. Uh -huh. really, Fantastic, really interesting. <laughs> really interesting huh? So, what yeah. got you into teaching? Well, you know, I was um, I was in Spain. My, my background's in finance. I had my own finance business in 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 Europe, and uh, some these say we've got different accents here. Mm. Um, and I was I was working in Europe and. I'd always been interested in languages. At school, I, I studied French, and I loved speaking French. Mm. And then I went to Portugal, and uh, 
I didn't understand Portuguese at all. And I started learning it from the television and such, you know. And uh, then I moved to Spain and I started picking up a little bit of Spanish. And uh, my, my Spanish friend said to me, she, she said, Ken, tell me about the, the, the perfect tense in Span uh, you know, in English. And I thought, what are you talking about? I've no yeah. idea. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I really shocked myself, you know. I thought, what, what, what does it mean? Because I don't know about, about yourself in England, but in Scotland, we, we don't learn anything at nothing. all about grammar. Nothing at all, you know. So all the terminology was, I was like, I have no idea. So I, start, I started looking it up, learning more about my language, and I found it really interesting, you know. And the more I learned about English, the easier it got to learn Spanish. So I started learning more and more and more about English. And then... Obviously, in, in Europe, the, the housing market and finance market yeah. went down. And I decided, right, I'll go and visit my sister. And in, in, um, I thought I'd, I'd do my, my teaching exams before I left Europe. And uh, I went to Thailand and just got into my um, in teaching in Thailand, you know. And then I set up my own websites and learning online about 10 years ago. And then I, I kind of just ended up working in Thailand teaching, you know. So that's like... Ten years ago, and not to sound rude in any sort of way. <laughs> Come uh, on, I'm only 21, you know. I yeah, started yeah. when I was 20. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. Uh, <laughs> ten years ago, the landscape has changed a lot since then, yeah, within the internet. So yeah. you are actually kind of maybe in front of the game of many teachers now who have just started like myself, you know, because Ooh. I, at that point, because it's quite far in, in the, uh, quite far ahead, uh, the internet's really only developed recently. I'd say uh -huh. like four years where everyone's really involved of every age. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah um, yeah. so it's interesting. How did you, what do you see the differences between the two, like between social media 10 years ago to social media now? And did well, you use it back then? Sorry. No, well, funny enough, when I was about 14, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, do you? Um, the first computers came out, you know, the Spectrums yeah. and the Commodores. And I started, like, hacking into the Spectrum 48 games and you teach myself how to program, you know. And, of course, where I'm from in Scotland, it's the gaming capital of the world. So they make GTA, Grand Theft Auto and everything here. Of course. And uh, so I got really into computers. And about, when was it? Maybe about 90, 99, 98, 99, I started building websites before before the dot com boom you know just teaching myself and uh I, I just kept an interest in it and then i stopped when I, I thought right i'm gonna stop i don't know why i just lost interest in it and it's only been to be honest with you i've still got my websites from a long time ago i've still got them um but it's been only in maybe the last eight months that i've got right into it again i started my instagram account about eight months ago seven months ago something like that so, so it's all brand new for me as well, you know. I wish yeah, I'd I kept so. it up for about. I wish I'd kept it up for that length of time, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, that, um, that, that's the weird thing in hindsight, like that. But I, you know, I kind of always think at that moment it wasn't the time, you know. And then, uh -huh. I was the same. Like three Hi, years I mean. ago, I started to do some small bits, and then I stopped for a while. And then I now think like three years. Well, you can gain a lot. <laughs> Like, uh, not gain, but like you can help so many people in that time. And, uh, uh, -huh. uh, yeah, but I kind of think obviously at the time it is what it is. 
I always say it is what it is, you know, it can't be helped. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm glad, I mean, I, since I've, I don't know about yourself, Steve, but since I've came on Instagram, I'm totally amazed at what's actually out there. You know, it's really changed so much since since I was first started on it, you know, talking about 10 years ago, you know, I started doing courses about in 2009, I think it was, I started mm. building my own courses. And ever since then, everything's totally changed, you know. Um I don't know about yourself, but Instagram and uh, all, all these platforms are, I mean, are just amazed me. Everybody should have an English teacher now, you know? There's yeah, so yeah. many English teachers think, to go around. I think it's fantastic that um, my first, like, thinking straight away is, like, you don't need a teacher in essence. You know, you could do it for free if you, mm. if you are a studious learner, if you're someone yeah, yeah. who just get into the material, you know? But... Yeah. Uh, not everyone does that. And now we know more about the way we learn. So <clears throat> many people learn in different ways. I'm not a book person. I like watching something or doing it. Doing it is my yeah. thing. So mm. um, everyone does different ways. And now there's everything is available in every kind of way, which is great. Whereas before, it was like you had to hunt for someone who might be like 30 miles away. Then you had to travel to that person and pay like an extortionate price. Yeah, yeah, the services that may not match your ability, whereas now you could go onto many different websites and find a teacher that matches you. So Absolutely, I think that's really incredible. Uh, it's ama amazing how much work teachers do on Instagram, uh -huh. uh, um, and try and help people as well. That's unbelievable. That's thing that shocked me. And before, when I first came to Japan, I felt like it was more of a competition between each teacher. Uh -huh. And now, just doing it on Instagram, it's amazing to see how... It's a big community of teachers, isn't it? It's Unbelievable. Like there's, there's, there's always going to be that kind of person, but there's there's so much... Uh, how can I say? Like, the, the amount of compassion between each teacher is incredible. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, it shocked me. It sh really shocked me. You yeah, know? Same. As you say, I thought, you're going to be here by yourself, plugging away. And I mean, I've met I've met a few good, few good, few good people through here, you know, really have, you know, and it's, uh, it's really shocked me, you know, and I'm sure all the, all the students have just they can pick and choose who who they, you yeah. know, who, so who they the, can that's learn That's the beauty with. of it, you know. Like I was, I had this strange situation the other day. Someone put out a post. I was like, I was gonna, I was really thinking of doing, uh -huh. but I done, you know. So it was my own fault, uh -huh. which is fine. But then I thought to myself, you know, this one, like, this happened many times, but this one moment just reminds me, just sticks with mm -hmm. me, you know, uh -huh. where it doesn't matter if someone else puts up the same post, it's just how it sticks with the learner. Because yeah, the yeah. learner learns differently, and like we said, mm -hmm. um, everyone's, like, you and me could do the same thing, and then we will all both hit different people in a different way, you know, something can just ignite in the brain, you know, and absolutely, that's the absolutely. incredible thing. I think um, I, I always say this to, to my students, you know, when in class, you know, some of them are, uh, you know, they've never spoken to a native speaker before, you know, uh, you know, maybe they did, but it's been a long time and they're a bit shy and nervous. And I just say to them, you know, it's you're going to find someone who, who, who you like to speak with and who you like to learn with. And, you know, not everyone's going to be to your cup of tea, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100% you know. so. And I think... Um, <laughs> every teacher has like a certain skill set that can help someone. So there's definitely something for everyone if they yeah. are trying that. And 
So how did you oh. get into teaching then, Stu? Because uh, I moved to Japan. Well, I mean, like, kind of, I was doing teaching in a sense, but as in, if we're talking about English, definitely, uh-huh. because I moved to Japan and um, I needed a job, and that was the main reason. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, 100% so. And and I don't have a, I'm completely honest, I'm always honest when I put my post out, I don't have, I don't have a teaching degree or anything. I just, um, uh-huh. I was just a guy who could speak English, and that worked <laughs> in most countries, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately and unfortunately, but mm. as by a week, two weeks in, I fell in love with it. Because I work with younger kids and all right, uh-huh. really high level, like bilingual level. But I just fell in love with working with them. And um, since then, just my knowledge is just, I don't know, it's weird. I don't like books, but suddenly English is just, there's so much that's just gone in and just... I shocked is so shocking. That's the wor- the weirdest thing. Like learning Japanese and seeing uh-huh. when you learn a new language, there's so much, so much vocabulary that you wouldn't know yeah. if you just speak the language. Mm. Predicate, etc., which I don't use in my normal vocabulary, so I wouldn't have known until uh-huh. I started trying to learn another language. And then, since being a teacher, there's so much more understanding now. You know, it's crazy. It's really unbelievable. Crazy. I um, I mean that. I remember I was in class when I'd first started teaching and someone, I was trying to explain the passive voice and uh, I really, I couldn't get my head around why. I knew how to say it, I knew how to do it, but I didn't, I didn't yeah. know what it was, you know, I didn't know how to explain it, you know. And since I've been doing this Instagram, you know, there's words and vocabulary that comes up and I'm, really, what is that? I, you know, and I'm still, as you say, still shocked myself because it's not in my day-to-day vocab, you know. And I have yeah, to learn yeah, And especially for um, native speakers who are in a foreign country, because we don't, we are not listening to our language 24-7, you know, we kind of, lo- not lose vocabulary, but we kind of make our vocabulary kind of a lot smaller. And narrowed. Right? Narrowed vocabulary. Narrowed, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for, yeah, narrowed. There you go, I've lost the word narrowed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we have to we narrow our vocabulary, and it's only since I've been back here that, Obviously, I've got the Scottish dialect as well that's kind of boom, made my vocabulary expanded a, a lot again over the last couple of weeks, you know, since did, I've been did back. Did anyone say anything to you about your accent? Has your accent changed at all? This? Where? In uh, like Thailand? Since, since you've been back in Scotland. Well, it's funny. Um, I was speaking to my dad and uh, on on Skype, I think it was, or, face, or Messenger, and I said the word time, T-I-M-E. But I said it with a Thai accent, so it, be, it came out, Tam, Tam, mm. you know. Uh, my dad's like, what? what? What are you talking about, Tam? You know, I remember that Tam. Oh, God, I need to. Cause, because in Thailand, uh, they don't really say I. It's difficult for them to say it, you know, so I have to adjust my accent, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's uh, uh, something that I come across as well quite a lot, so that's why I was interested. I wondered if... Many people said to me when I went home that I work in an American school, so a lot of my vocabulary is starting to change. All so right, uh-huh. I definitely say trash instead of rubbish now. <laughs> Those small things, but like really is like a, a big thing, really, at home. Yeah, so, absolutely. Because it's like a, I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? Like com, com, not competition, but competition in a sense between the two countries. And then as soon as someone, <laughs> something slightly alters people see it straight away where you don't normally see it and it's 
Yeah, so interesting. I mean, in my and when I'm teaching in Thailand, it's obviously very Americanized because of the TV and movies and everything. Mm. And uh, first thing I say to them is, right, American out of here, you know, we don't speak American. Americans don't speak English, you know. We have a little bit of a joke with them, you know. Teacher, why why do you say that? Like, no <laughs> joke. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But yeah, but Americans actually, I find American English is probably easier than British English, you know, 100%. for spelling and for spelling and pronunciation. Pronunciation, one thousand percent, is so much clearer. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what it is about British, the British sound. Sorry, I've got to turn my fan on. I don't know what it is about the British sounds, but it's unbelievably not unclear, but maybe just um, sounds very similar to their native accent, especially in Asia. Mm. Um, so. Mm. For example, in Japanese, many of the, oh, and also the A's and the U's are very similar. In, not similar, but the way we say them in the certain words sound kind of similar. So we just have to be careful, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, so someone's asking there, why have you left your country? Who's <laughs> that? I left my country because I closed my eyes and I said, I want to leave Scotland. And I closed mm. my eyes and I got the map and I went like this. And I ended in Portugal, and uh, I ended up there. And from there, I just began to travel. That that was my story. I just wanted yeah, I, to see the world, you know. You no, know it's weird. I, I I watched the live with you and David, and you were explaining the story. Uh, and uh, speak with David, yeah. And he's all right. Such an interesting story for me to listen to your path. <laughs> really yeah, I mean, the journey's quite, been quite vast like what you've done in that time because you said that you never thought about leaving before that moment yeah like you were thinking like before you moved your first journey away you were kind of happy where you were and then suddenly there was a change yeah i remember it i, I remember it. i was i was sitting at home and i thought right let's move and uh, i had i think i've seen it I had a map in the office and i thought right close my eyes and i had a, it was a map of europe because i I thought the world ends at Europe, you know, and uh, I spent, and, I, and I remember Portugal. Uh, where's Portugal? My God, what language? What 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 happens there? No idea at all. Nothing. And two weeks later, I arrived with my suitcases, and that was it. You know, I just wanted to. I wanted to live off grid, and not off grid. I didn't. I just. Because I, I'd had a quite quite a high pressure job, I just no car, no telephone, no no TV or anything, just chill out, you know. So, so I did that, and then I, I bought. I ended up buying a, a small Peugeot two hundred five car mm. for about five hundred euros, and I everything in the car, and then drove to Spain, you know. But it's five six hours, you know. It took me about ten twelve hours. It's really quite quite me. a big step, isn't it? So for. Uh, it's quite what? a big step to move to another place. You so think so? May, I think in the moment, maybe it may not have felt so, but I think in like the grand scheme of things, to, for many people, I meet myself included, I probably wouldn't have moved if I didn't meet my wife. But uh, mm -hmm. before that, I was think, I always thought about it. It's always like a, I hate, I, nowadays I hate the word bucket list, but it was always like a bucket list thing to move somewhere else. To, to uh -huh. Japan actually was the place, but... Um, I never thought about doing it. I didn't think it would happen, you know. And then situations forced me into it. Not forced, but happily uh -huh. put myself into it, you know, is a better way to put it. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, it's a big step for many people. 
So it's 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 very interesting that uh, you took that. I think people decide, but then don't do these days. So for you to decide yeah. and to do is really really impressive. I think what I think what I've learned. I don't know about yourself. Um, I, th I think what I've learned is the more that you think about something, the less chance of you actually doing it. Hundred percent. And you know, and it becomes scary and scary and scary and scary, and you know, and then you then you put it off. And I think sometimes I think, okay, I want to do it. Let's kind of do it, you know. And uh, I was spontaneous and young, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. I mean. I th it is like you can get comfortable again, can't you? So I think it's very easy to get back into the swing of things. But no, I think it's a great step because many of the learners yeah. here will probably be looking to learn English to move to another country. You know, I don't know how often you get that, but uh, in the past, I've had that quite a lot. And mm. uh, it's interesting that step, taking that step to move, especially to a different place where you don't know the language. You you didn't know the language before you moved to Portugal, yeah? I had no idea what language they spoke in Portugal. I had no idea at all. <laughs> and uh, I watched uh, Three Men and a Baby. I got a TV after about a few months, and I watched Three Men and a Baby with Portuguese subtitles, and I just started learning from that. I was like, okay, I recognize this word, and started learning it, you know. And then I went to Spain, and I got told Spanish and Portuguese very similar didn't understand anything at all you know <laughs> nothing not a word not a word you know so but spanish and japanese the phonetics are very very similar right i don't know but anything about spanish just the biggest problem but um it's very it's quite different to english anyway i know that much and i thought in spanish well most um most european countries have a similar style of language than they not <laughs> yeah I mean... because of the main, the main structure is reasonably similar, isn't it? Well, yeah, you've got you've got the Latin languages in uh, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, Romanian. All of these are pretty. Like my friends in Spain could understand Portuguese, they could understand yeah. Italian and Romanian, etc. You know, English as well is half kind of a Latin language, you know, and Germanic and everything, you know. Um, but the, the phonetics with Japanese and Spanish are. Have you anybody never, said no, that to you before? Because I've never needed to cross those paths, and no one's ever mentioned it. So, no. all right, okay. I'm okay. sure that there, there probably is similarities between many languages. You know, I'm sure there was just one at the start, and then suddenly it somehow developed into different ways. So, Japanese must be the weirdest language. You've got a mix of Chinese. You've got your you've got your Japanese. You know, and if you want to say something, you say it in Chinese. Or, I don't get it at all. You know, it's just not, don't understand that. I think it's overcomplicated <laughs> in the way you're thinking. But they have the same... <laughs> how can I explain? There's three alphabets. There's 72 oh, my letters. God. There's 72 letters in, the, in two of them each. So there's 144 to learn. And then the third one is character-based, which is the Chinese side that you're thinking of. Now, uh -huh. there are similarities. Some Japanese people can understand some... Uh, Chinese characters, but uh -huh. that basically they have their own uh, phonetical system, I suppose. Uh -huh. How the what way to say it apart from that phonetical system, and it's not the same as Chinese. They developed it themselves, which is why they have the two other alphabets that are seventy-two characters. And uh -huh. then 
each symbol has created its own sound in essence and uh builds from that but uh -huh. yes it's, it's a mess like the, the not a mess but it's difficult <laughs> the third alphabet <laughs> over ten thousand characters so english is a what oh yeah. my goodness how about time <laughs> well ties ties a tonal is a tonal language you know you can ba 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 you know cow 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 which could mean white, it could mean chicken, it could mean news, it could, you know, depending on the tone that you put it in, you know. Mm. But um, I think I think a lot of foreigners kind of overcomplicate it because the Thai people will know based on the context, um, uh, you know, based on the context where cause they know if you say cow man guy, which is chicken and rice, you know that they're not saying white, they're saying chicken, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, that sounds more similar to Chinese than uh, Japanese does, because Chinese, yeah. is a, uh, I guess Mandarin is a tonal um, language. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same in Thai, you know. And it took took me a long time to to get you know to get my head around that what what was going on there, you know. Um, but working with the working with the students every day, they pick up the language, pick up words, you know. Yes, yeah, very easy. You know? Yeah, I get that. You know? How did you feel about learning a new language? Was it quite a daunting task when you went to Thailand? What, what, what? In Thailand? Hmm. Um, did it feel daunting? Uh, I can't... No, yes and no. It just sounded everything... Just... Because I moved to Bangkok, it was busy all the time and there was a lot of English spoken. And I went there with a kind of attitude with, I know everything, you know. And it wasn't until I'd been there for about two years, a year, I thought, I need to start integrating more into the Thai language. And so I went to Thai school and started learning the language. And I had to, I had to go to the government every year and do a speaking test and everything, you know. Um, so it was quite daunting, the speaking test, mm. I can imagine, you know, like the IELTS test, etc. Oh, yeah. So um, I had to do the, the speaking test. And it was very simple. You know, um, you know, what food do you like? And I had to reply to them, you know, it was, but at the time it's very, very scary, you know, am I saying this correctly? I don't know. So yeah, I knew yeah. exactly how Especially my students feel, there, you know, yeah. absolutely. And you know, if you fail it, then, you know, you'd, it's a big deal if you fail it, you know, especially yeah, if, the gov if the government are, are doing it, because I was a teacher, you know, especially if the government were doing so did, it. You know? Did the language have anything to do with your teaching? Are you teaching whilst using Thai, or do you just teach via, a, not immersion, yeah, I suppose immersion, in a sense? What do you mean, at my Thai school? Yeah. It was just a Thai teacher at the, in the middle of the floor, and there was all these, for, um, all these foreigners, um, and they would just go through the books, and, you know, you would repeat it, and you'd see how the structure was. So um, they were just teaching you to basic introductions, you know, to uh, the language. And you know. do, at the school that you were at, what do you think of the textbooks? The school that I teach? Yeah, or what the... do you think of the textbooks that you've used uh, whilst you've been in Thailand? Because in Japan, there's kind of like a mismatch. There's some like mm. very, very, very bad ones, and there's some like very good ones. So. <sighs> Well, ours are fantastic because we make them ourselves, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I, the way I teach is uh, I teach specifically for university graduates 
who've just finished and they want to move into working in the aviation, you know. So it's very much um, English for business, English for job interviews, English, you know, English for culture, etc. Mm. So there's very specific topics and vocabulary that we have to that we have to teach, you know. So we we actually build our our own books um, and teach them something very very specific, which works for us, you know. No, I think so. I think depend. The thing is with textbook is it's relying that you will teach from that structure rather than you teaching what you think is best for the students you have. So we actually do the same. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think as I think as well. The problem with textbooks are fine, and it's maybe just my teaching is. Um, I, I find they're very generic, and I feel that if somebody's going to learn it, you have to make it very personal for them, you know? And a, a lot of things I do, I don't know about yourself, but a lot of things I do in my classroom is I make it very personal. I say to them, you know, tell me your biggest achievement. Tell me a time that you were scared. Tell me a time this happened. So we're, we're giving them, you know, what's your five years' time, what you're going to be doing? So we're giving them something very specific to think about, and we're giving them the vocabulary and the structures, and then they have to kind of piece it together and start talking about themselves, which is very difficult to do, but most of them really, really do it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying completely, 100%. The, the examples in textbooks are very... They are what they are, aren't they, really? Because they're, they're a textbook made for all, so they have to make yeah. a situation that at that time and place probably felt perfect, but... They never age well. I think that's the worst part. About it. <laughs> yeah. They are. And I generally feel that, I don't know about yourself, but I think textbooks are, they're just a guide. They're nothing yeah, more. Okay. They're it just a, a guide. Go on, please, please, please. I can imagine, I mean, when I was, I, I loved going to my Thai classes, but the teacher would just go through the book and... I spoke, I spoke a couple of languages, and one of my friends from Switzerland spoke a couple of languages. And we were finding it quite boring because we understood what it, how to learn a language. But there was, there was people there that didn't know, and obviously they would have to make the class slower, you know. So I was just going through the books, and we thought, I wish it was faster, you know. I wish it was more specific that, that we yeah, can yeah, use, yeah. you know. That's, that's one of the worst things about textbooks, really, is that one thing that I had a problem with when I was uh -huh. learning Japanese was I'd go to one textbook, I'd learn up to like level five, find it too difficult, then come back down and have a break for two months and then go back onto another textbook, a different one, and then do mm -hmm. the same thing again, feel very good about myself and then maybe promote myself one level and then stop. You know, so I feel like textbooks are based like that because they have to be because they're for everyone. But yeah, yeah. Any teachers literally do like, okay, this is lesson one, uh, you know, and then they don't base it around the person they're with and they assume that this is the structure we'll follow. Yeah. I think that's very old yeah. style, isn't it, though? Absolutely. I think, I think one, one thing that certainly works for me with the students is uh, I'll teach them kind of three lessons and then what we'll do is we'll take three step forward, two step back, three step forward, two. So we're always kind of repeating things, you know. I found that really worked for me when I was learning Spanish. I would take it so far, and then I'd go back to the beginning again, you know, and keep going through it. And I think a lot of students, what I find is they don't do a lot of self-study. So we have to do the self-study again in the classroom and, and revise what we've been doing, you know. Although, you know, I find that some students, they come to class, 
and they come cold because they haven't studied what we've done before, you know. Um, so it, it works for a lot of students, the three-step forward, two-step back, you know. Yeah, do you, have, you, have you at any point found that frustrating or? Like, no. Go on, please. What, do you mean the, the students? Go on, go on, go on. No, no, please, I'd rather you say before I say. So, um, <laughs> because I think if I say something, then it's going to just, uh, it's like when someone asks you tomato or tomato, and I just always say the second one, because the last, <laughs> that, you know, that kind of situation. So, um, so do you think that, um, have you ever been disappointed the fact that students haven't self-studied themselves, or? What do you think on that? Well, because you're in, you work in a school, right? I work with kids. It's a bit, little bit different, but I also did a bit of online work where this situation come up quite a lot. Mm. I th I, I'll, I'll, the reason I love teaching is I don't feel it's a job. I feel it's more than... I don't do it for the money. I do it because I like to do it, you know? Mm. And who's that? Take the bull by the horns. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I... I and I've, I've only, the, the, the students I teach are there because they want to be, you know, and most of them are very, very, very good, really good. That's good. And, uh, but there's been a couple of them that come to class and they haven't done anything. And I think to myself, well, you're, you're holding up the class here, you know, because you're not doing anything, you know, and I kind of, I kind of have to ignore them. And I have to go to the students who have learned, you know, who have done the work. And by the second or third lesson, this student here has brought themselves into the classroom, you know, and started doing everything, you know. Oh, okay, that's interesting. How many students in a class? Um, I, I teach pre-intermediate and intermediate level. Pre-intermediate down here is maybe about six to seven. And in in this one, the higher one's about maximum, I think, is about 12. You know, but there's much more group discussions there, you know. That's nice, though. That's nice. That's a nice level. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I found that situation coming up a lot one-on-one. -on -one. But, mm -hmm. like, I I think, like, my, my thing is just it is what it is, you know, and it always is for everything. Mm -hmm. And uh -huh. uh, many, many students' time. There's a many, many factors that goes into learning. And mm -hmm. uh, I think once you've learned another language as well, whilst you're going through life at the same time, you realise those factors. So not everyone can do self-study, etc. I don't feel like it's a big burden. I think I'm being paid for a job, and that is, I'll tell them, look, it will help. it's helpful. Don't get me wrong. You'll, you'll go faster. That's your choice. We can review a little bit and then move on to the next thing and then see if anything yeah. sticks. Work on from there. But, you know, many I, I've seen many teachers get a bit frustrated with that fact, so it's quite interesting. I think... You. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, uh, and this is for a lot of students, is that you have to find something that you enjoy. If you don't enjoy studying, then don't do it. But if, you, if you're studying a language, find something in that language, find a topic that you enjoy and focus on that, you know, That's and insane. that, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not doing that, you're not going to learn. It's going to become boring and it's going to, in one ear and out the other, you know. 100%. Um, I mean, I mean, I again when I was learning Spanish, I, um, you know, I, I got to a stage and I thought, right, I need, I need to push myself more. So I started making dialogues with myself, you know, dialogues about being in the cafe, in the bank, in the restaurant, wherever, 
and I would start building conversations around those topics, you know. I mean, for example, I, I had to go and rent an apartment. And, okay, I thought, right, how do I say this? So I, had to, I wrote down a dialogue, what I'm going to say on the telephone, and what are they going to say? How can the conversation go? So I, I wrote it all down, and I practiced it. So when the time came to speak in Spanish, hola, and I started speaking in Spanish, I was very, very confident, and I was, you know, and I could, I could do it, you know, and I was, when I came off the phone, I was over the moon, you know, I was really, really so chuffed with myself that I could, my first telephone call in Spanish, you know, I could do it, you know. Well, that's the, that's the thing that many people get that kind of issue where um, they, they don't know how to approach each situation, but that's a good way to do it because you're, even though you're approaching each situation that you come to, you're also getting the vocabulary, you're also getting some practice uh, to hit those points. And then because in essence you over practice, you will be able to do it anytime because it's retention, isn't it? So I think it's yeah, absolutely. Uh, so absolutely. Let me just fire backwards because many people have asked questions. Uh, I've, 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 I've got, I've got, go on, go on, go on. Yeah. Please, please. Sorry. No, no, carry on, carry on. As someone asked the question, what's the difference between, uh, maybe we can fire these quickly, past simple and present perfect. Go for it. Uh, basically, someone answered, but it's a bit of a, uh, an average answer. So one doesn't have has or have. Yeah, that's true. A hundred percent. One, one is um, it happened in the past. One, one is it happened at a point of time in the past that's referred to in the answer. So, I, I, I generally say that um, for the past simple, we've got a specific time. I went to the shops yesterday yes. and present perfect. There's no specific time oh, yes. of the action. Yes. I have been to the shops, you know. So that's kind of, if you have, a, if you have keywords like ago, past simple. If you have keywords like already, present perfect. Lovely. And uh, do you want to explain, take the bull by the horns? Take the bull by the horns. Used it. Yeah. <laughs> take the bull by the horns is you make a decision and when you make the decision, you go to it 100% and you take control of that difficult decision. Fantastic. Uh, did you have I some think... more? Sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. And did you have some more, um, something else to, to add? Have you got some questions? Or... Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a few questions that came through on my IG about, about today. There was somebody asking what nepotism is. Nepotism. Wow. You know nepotism? I don't know the answer. I can't give you a dictionary definition. Let me put it that way. Ne nepotism is when someone, you're in a, you, you, um, you give favours or you give priority to your friends and family. So, for example, ah, yes. you, yeah, yeah. So, um, you, you have a job, you're the owner of the company, but you don't promote the best person, you promote your friend. Nepotism, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. There was another one that asked me, where am I from? I'm from Scotland. Huh? Where are you from? Where are you from? Originally, I'm from Essex, but then I moved to Devon. So, I have a mixture. Very, very south, you know? Yeah. Super you've got your, you've you've got your own language in Devon, aren't you? Is that Cornwall? Is it own... I mean, some people do, I'm sure, but uh, there's a. <laughs> I suppose it's the original Gaelic. I'm not really sure. Gaelic is the main, is the yeah, main is, isn't it? Dub cultured language, yeah. But it's not. It's not it's there a... anymore. Just like some people, some older people, like Welsh. Welsh isn't really there anymore. You know, yeah. 
Some days, Fatima's asked, tell us about types of phrases. What kind of phrases? Mm, I think what they may be meaning is we have idioms, which That's are right. like, um, which are like, um, I guess, hidden meanings. They're, they're like a, a bunch of words put together that have a different meaning to the words that were there originally. Yeah, we've got expressions, which just basically tell us um, how to speak, if you like. Um, someone's asked there about society and community. I answered this on my IG last week. What's society and what's community? Society and community. Community is smaller, isn't it? Society is a general term for a larger area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Society is general. Community is more specific. Yeah? Yeah. Somebody said, "Do and she." Why did why do native English speakers say "do and she" together? Do and she. Yeah. In what? I th I'd have to know the context a bit more. So. I think I think it's like music, you know, songs and stuff, or slang, where maybe they just kind of shorten it, yeah. Do she? Do she? Not does, but they've said do. I guess it's it's possible. Like you know, this English is interesting. It's like an evolving language, always, isn't it? So, I kind of question. Oh, it's difficult. I kind of question how much, like, how many native speakers speak like a textbook. You know, and. Yeah. Um, like what is a what is correct English if the majority don't actually speak like a textbook? So it's kind of although the textbook's fantastic and it is, in a sense, is great for structure. But uh -huh. in terms of like do and do, do and does, is it is it? Although it's probably incorrect if it's mainstream, is it incorrect? It's just like the dictionary adding different words each year, you know, so... It's, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, as, as you say, it's, especially with the, the advent of the internet and everything, you know, it's kind of language is really evolving really, really quickly just at the moment, yeah. you know. Is this, hello? Somebody said hello to me there. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's really evolving really quickly, you know. But generally, for grammar-wise, do, do and she won't go together. No. You know, 100%. definitely not. Definitely not. How to not forget vocabulary? Somebody's asked me this one. I just put a, um, an Instagram post on today about this. But what would you say about to not forget vocabulary? It, again, say? everyone learns differently, and there's always mm -hmm. like something that something that breaks that breaks you that you're like, oh, that is it. I get it. You know, something. Just uh -huh. breaks. But for me, the thing that worked for me was an app that basically it's called Anki. And it repeats. All right. Well. Like one day it repeats. If you get it correct, it will repeat in two days' time rather than one day. And then a week's time. And then a month's time if you get it correct always. And then it's like a long-term memory thing for me. That worked really, really well. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I was it Aki? Mm, sorry? What was the name of the app? Oh, sorry. Anki. I'll type it in. Anki. Anki. Yeah, it's just like Thank a, it's just mind. like a, just like we used to write down the flashcards, you know, on a piece of paper. Uh -huh. it's the same concept, but just on a phone, and it just right. it can it can rotate them for you. So it's useful. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. I uh, said today that any any word that you get, you have to use it immediately. One of one of the things I don't like in my classroom Definitely is when is when students make a list of fifty words. You know, they write down everything. I think, oh my God, you're wasting your time here, you know? You're never going to use it. But that's, that's, uh, that's what we do in lectures. That's just the natural thing, isn't it? You know, so 
but it's, but it's, 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 the word. I, I always say to them, it's, it's like maybe make like three sentences with with that word, you know, and that way you're going to use it more, you know. If you're not going to use it, then forget it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely. Not use it in, but it's same for us. You're not going to use it. Many, many words where I just haven't used because we don't use like certain terms scientific terms for example we don't use it in our everyday life so we just it just doesn't store or you have to find it very diff very very thoroughly to be able to get that word yeah. back out again and um even with native speakers the same situations happen just we have more retention than a learner because it's at the start isn't it mm, so mm, it's super mm, interesting you know what one thing i find on on instagram with the ielts i see all these pages ielts pages and they come up with this amazing vocabulary, you know? And I think, what does that mean? I've no idea, yeah. you know? <laughs> so get dictioned out and find out what it means, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. But it's good. That's, that's the one thing I love about being an English teacher. I've learned more about my own language. Especially, my favorite thing is learning about between American and British. So, All right, uh huh. So, understanding more about accents and understanding more about the vocabulary differences, some structural differences as well. So it's super uh -huh. interesting to see the differences and um, learn more. And uh, uh -huh. because, you know, it's so split. Oh, that's got to change, isn't it? But it's so split yeah. between American and British. It should just be English, really. What's the... Um, I've asked, been asked this a few times. It's the, it's the T and the R sound in American English. What is this? I'm not sure. The T and the R. They say, uh, can you explain about the T sound and the R sound in English, in American English? Is this like when you say, um, uh, oh God, what word can we say? Butter, butter, dire. Don't know. They, they kind of miss, they miss the R out if it's between uh, there's, two there's vowels. A words. I think both like, both sides do that. In happen, certain, happen. In certain places, we do that. Both languages. You know, each one has like its own uh, uniqueness and uh, mm. things. For example. Um, one that comes across quite a lot when I speak because I naturally speak with a south, uh, south and southern mouth, if you want to call it that. And uh, <laughs> I don't pronounce th correctly at all. You do. I use that. Is that local to, to your area? It's not local. It's like a. It's it's actually not just south. It's actually Yorkshire, as I found out once I, as well. But it's a, all right. Most uh, southeast uh, use this f. TH fronting apparently is called, and the hash oh, yeah, uh -huh. I think so. Yeah, super interesting. Uh -huh. So, for example, uh, someone's noted a couple of words. So, train, try, truck. TR Oliver. sound. TR sound. That's interesting. Yeah, in Scottish, we we really pronounce the R sound. It's called yeah. a a rotic accent or something. Erotic uh, yeah, yeah, accent. Yeah. You know, tr train, try, truck. You know, whereas the English, they they kind of throw the R away if you like. You know. So it becomes like Twain or Twy or Tuck or something. Train, something like that. Oh, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? There's yeah. uniqueness. There's I think like eventually we're going to get rid of this American and British thing anyway. So for me, it's super, super interesting, super uh, inconvenient, I think, for many learners because they feel they have to conform to these styles. Whilst you should learn certain parts, but I think it's not the be-all and end-all as long as you're clear. You know? What's the most important thing, do you think? I get a lot of students saying, Good question. What, what should I learn, British English or American English? What's better? Or, and, I, and what do you say to them? I would say that um, for me, 
just uh-huh. uh, not worrying about oh, it's tough isn't it like in terms of ease ease i'd say that uh, american is much easier to learn as in mm. pronunciation wise if we're talking about pronunciation if you're going to learn pronunciation from the american side do not confuse it with the british don't do both that is definitely a good thing to do just stick with one what's the major difference for me i i can't see a difference for me um the definitely the sounds between between the vowel sounds is an issue because uh, many of my many of my uh colleagues have noticed that there's a few issues between us so really um, yeah and and it can confuse wow. learners so really? it's very interesting like the a sound is not so clear train tra- train yeah how can i how can i uh, <laughs> now i have to think about it. but their their mouth movement is very open compared to ours ours is much more closed so mm. basically that causes a bit of an issue so oh, really the, the sounds can sound similar like u and a especially can sound uh-huh. similar. yeah a and a but i i now have changed my pronunciation because of uh being with my colleagues because i've noticed not because they told me to but just because i noticed the difference and it's very useful for learners that a mm-hmm. and the r sound can sound very different uh-huh uh-huh pom pom yeah. yeah but that in that scenario yeah, there's like there is definitely there's mm. definitely a difference yeah for sure but yeah it's, mm. it's interesting it is it's yes I'd say American is easy to learn pronunciation wise at the start. Um but it's worthwhile having knowledge of all areas. It's mm. definitely not worthwhile just camping down in one section and I would stick to uh your own as long as you sound clear. Mm. You don't have to copy an accent. It's not a necessity. Perfect. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. You know, the whether I it's something that I get asked a lot and I, I say exactly the same as yourself, you know. The most important thing is be is be fluent and be clear when you're speaking. It doesn't matter if it's American or Australian or 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 you know, or British English. The most important thing is that you are clear when you speak. I mean, I've had it in Thailand where they try and have an have an, an accent and it kind of makes them not clear what they're saying they're too much focused on on the sound of it rather than the smoothness of it you know um yeah yeah sorry i don't know what yeah for sure yeah same same so fluency for me is much much more important than than uh you know that the knack the accents i think you know um i'm not sure but once i read that queen elizabeth said there is british english and all others are mistakes What do you think about that? <laughs> well, there's uh the Scottish English that that's that's the main one I think. Depends <laughs> which party you're listening to, yeah. Someone's asking how old am I Ken? I I am I am years old, yeah. Twenty-one, <laughs> <laughs> he told us earlier. Twenty-one, twenty-one, yeah. Twenty-one. So uh anyway, whilst you're at home, do you uh, miss your students that you teach them? You know, I, I you know, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling or anything like that. As soon as I go into the classroom, everything you know, it's Switch, I, I love Switch. Yeah, it's amazing, you know. I just I love being a giant I I mean, 
Sensei steward, that, that, that means teacher, right? Yeah. In, in, yeah. in Japan. Yeah, I, I've got a jarn ken. A jarn means teacher in Thai, you know? Ah, right. And uh, as soon as I, be, you know, as soon as I become a jarn ken, everything goes out, you know, and I've, you know, and I, I love being in that classroom, you know? You know, and it's just really interesting because we're, we're talking about people's lives, you know, we're talking about what, what did you do and everything, you know, to the students. It's really interesting. I love it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's great. And it's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Because you feel like you have to then, uh, we say it's not a job, but you have to feel that, that responsibility when you switch between the two, like coming in and you have some issue maybe, and then you come into the job. Because you know, like, how we, how teachers, how much we do can affect the students, you know, how our attitude yeah. is amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, as you said there, it's, it's not really... You have a huge responsibility, you know, it's people's knowledge, you know. You know, it's not as if you're giving them a product or anything. It's, it's actually you're giving them so, something for here, you know. It's, uh, you've, you've, you've got to be totally switched on all the time, you know. And the more you are, the easier it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So. Well, thank you very much for your time because it's been an hour. I'm so grateful. You're you. joking, really? Already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. My God. Sorry okay. about that. Okay, mate. That's all right. Excellent. We need to do time. this again, no? Yeah, I'd love to. It'd be fantastic. Uh, right, is buddy. there anything you want to promote before you go? No, I just want to say thank you very much to you. I really appreciate it. And uh, if there's anything that anyone wants to ask me, just go to my Get English Tips page. And I'm very interactive with all the students. So come and say hello to me. Yeah, definitely. Please go and check Ken's page out. Yeah. I'll put it up after this on a story. Thank you very much for joining. Many people did. So thank you very much. And look forward to seeing you again. Cheers for that, Ken. Take care. Cheers, then. See you later. Bye, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was the podcast with Stu from Instagram. If you follow his Instagram, he's really, really, really creative. He has a really good following on TikTok as well. So it's well worthwhile um, checking him out there. And he collaborates with so many of the... English teaching community on Instagram and also on TikTok as well. So head along to his page and find out more about him. You won't be disappointed, I can assure you for that. And as I said, they'll be in the program notes. There'll be his contact details for you to follow as well. And if you haven't done so, please follow myself on Instagram, Get English Tips. And these are in the program notes as well. If you want to be a, a guest on the podcast, then go to getenglishtips.com and get in touch with me there. And I'm more than happy to have a chat with you and uh, get you on this podcast. So until the next time, bye for now.